Hey everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of The Two Half Squads, the one and only podcast. Dedicated about 100%, it will be this episode, to the greatest game in the world. What is that game, Mike Rizzi? Why, it's Advanced Squad Leader. How did you know? Wow. Not sure. That's amazing. Somebody told me. We are welcoming Mike into the Skype uh, foxhole. Glad to be here, under strange circumstances, of course. Yes, we are under strange circumstances. Normally, as everybody knows, we get together in the broadcast foxhole. We strip to our undies, and uh, we go to the sweat lodge first. And then we we roll around. There's Greco-Roman wrestling and other things like that before we start. Not today. No wonder I've never been invited. Yeah, <laughs> Because we know you're such a good wrestler. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Undefeated. You guys do know the current event that pe- the sales of a certain clothing item are not increasing at the rate of the other clothing items. <laughs> Did you hear this? No, for real. I'm saying that badly, but. Yeah, I would say you are. They're selling more tops than they are selling. Really? Fill in the blank. They're selling more tops than bottoms. bottoms. Yes. And people are I mean, going pantless, Jeff, just like we do. Oh, really? Corona. COVID, yeah. Wow. Actual pant sales are not matching the sales of the tops anymore. That is true. That is hilarious. I, I sent that news item to us. It's in our gmail somewhere if you don't believe me you can double check it okay well then i believe everything that i read in the news and well <laughs> there'd be no reason to doubt this one it came from a reliable source yeah so how uh mike how are you holding up in the uh doing your quarantine oh we're doing fine here um i work from home as you know so the patterns of life haven't changed too much on this end. Yeah. However, nobody's coming over to the game room. Yeah. So this is the problem. That's yeah, a problem. It's a, it's a sad thing. And that great breakfast we get that you provide when we play the Civil War game. Great campaigns. Hopefully we'll be able to resume soon, but this will have to do. We're going to wait until the president says it's okay. till he says advanced squad leader. It's all right to resume advanced squad leader gatherings. <laughs> of no, well, we were never more than six anyway, were we? Much? No. Um, I don't think so. I think we should have made a deal. Like the three of us would total do quarantine totally together and then see each other. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. Because I know I'm safe. I'm pretty sure. I mean, now I had a, two personal cool things happen. Tragedies turn into glorious, wonderful events. One, playing D&D on Google, no, Zoom last Saturday, D&D group one. I mentioned I had to show them, look, I'm drinking, I'm forced to drink a Diet Pepsi <laughs> and then a Diet Root Beer because I was all out of Diet Coke and Coke Zero. That is a tragedy. That well, is a tragedy. I got a text message from Timonen yesterday, Easter Sunday. Happy Easter, everyone. And it said, uh, 
check outside your door. The Easter Bunny came. Twelve pack of Coke Zero Cherry flavored. Wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yes. And then today we also ran out of flour. So when I was talking to, well, Mark Woods on the men's meeting Saturday mornings on Google Hangouts, he mentioned he couldn't find flour because he was baking a lot. And then Vince, the guy from D and D five, four, you guys are four, five, um, said he ended up getting a 25 pound bag of flour because they were out of everything else with flour. I guess everyone's baking now. And so I mentioned, well, we don't have flour either. Um, and then Vince texted me this morning, I'm at the store. <laughs> Do you want the flour? There's a bag here. And so he dropped that off today, and he dropped off a N95 mask. Is that the word for it? Yeah, just one? I think so. Yeah, but he actually had a real one. Did you, I'm uh, like, Whoa. you have to wrestle Laura for it. Well, actually, she's like, we can't keep that, Dave. We have to give that to the hospital workers. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I was actually thinking the same thing, but I think I'm going to be selfish here. Yeah, if it's and just one, it wasn't a, it wasn't like a bag of a, a thousand of them, was it? Just one? It was no, just, it was one. just one. Like apparently his mom had them somewhere, and she sent, she had three, and so they kept one, and he brought me one. I'm his DM. He can't let me die. Right. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, how about that for exciting? I got flour and Coke Zero. Well, that is pretty exciting. Uh, we have had uh, we had a little we had a delivery the other day. Shipped or just a store? Or, delivery, oh, was it a delivery to the house? You know, I don't know. You guys adult. probably know when you order like adult toys, <clears throat> they are shipped to you in plain brown wrappers. Mike, you're I know you're very familiar with this. Of course, plain brown wrappers. You know, to preserve your the dignity and the privacy as you receive <laughs> these toys. Well, we, we decided to order from the liquor store, and I kind of made the same assumption that they would come in a, oh. a diminutive vehicle of some kind, something, no. you know, kind of quiet. But the guy showed up in, like, the Ringling Brothers clown car. Yeah, the Garfield's car. Truck. Yeah, the Garfield's right? car, yeah, and it's truck. got, like, a bells on it and, a, you know, a sirens and flashing lights, and it's all painted up with... Budweiser logos and stuff all over it. And they came to the house and started unloading. It was, it was really something. It was quite the spectacle. So everybody on the street knows you're the only source. I am the source, of course. Yeah. Of course. When things really get rough, they'll be coming with their guns. People stand out in front of our house and just look at it longingly. We, we notice that. There's little little groups. So that's all. That's all the news we have. And well, since most most crazily, we're learning to play squad leader using, using Vassal after much ballyhoo. After ten year delay, Jeff. Yeah, for us. longer than that, ten or twelve I, years. I, I'm sure we had this conversation ten years ago. I seem yes. to recall it being one of our first conversations. I am sure. Yeah. I think that's probably true. Yeah, and I was trying to think of when I last um, emailed with Ken 
Ken Knott, who had said that he was going to teach me, and he made an event, uh, made an attempt to teach me how to do vassal by mail, play by mail, and I failed miserably at that, which is weird because I'm one of the smartest guys I know. <laughs> now, what happened there, Mike? Have you ever played? Now, Mike, you you've played by vassal before, is that right? Yeah, always since the beginning, really. Yeah. Back before there were even voice, you know, communications that were so widespread, we would do it online, of course, on Vassal, where you can type into the chat bar, and we would have to type everything we were doing in, you know, taking shot to here, here's the mods, you type all the information in, you'd roll the dice, and then if you were lucky, you knew the guy, and you could phone call him before and after the game would begin just to kind of, you know, talk about it. But for the most part, it was a totally distant, remote chat bar process. Yeah. Fortunately, now over the years, of course, with all these voice programs we can use and such, it makes it more personal. But those are the old days. Yeah, and um, it's obviously come a long way. My experience, of course, was Will Ford, Bill Ford, uh, sent who takes care of us in so many ways, sent uh, the links or the email saying, "Hey, he had a little time off from work and was going to." do a tutorial of it. He sent instructions for downloading and I followed all of those and I missed his tutorial. Uh, and then I played around at home and got stuck looking for the modules. It said like modules. So I was thinking, well, I'll find beyond valor or where's the scenario cards. And I don't know what I'm doing and I'm stuck. So I call and I couldn't find the boards. And so I called Mike Rizzi who wonderfully generous of his time. Thank you so much, Mike. Oh, you no problem. answered my texts and Jeff's anytime we had a question, and you took your time from your schedule to walk me through it and got fairly proficient, proficient enough that Jeff and I played, started a game. Yeah, yeah. once you get the hang of it, there's a little bit of a learning curve, but... Yeah, a little bit. Easy. Like, And I, I think this is one of the things that really dumbfounded me right out of the box the couple of times i've tried to play in the past is one of the first things i did was move counters to the to the board and then i tried to draw a line of sight when you draw a line of sight <laughs> it takes all the counters off the board and the counters would i could not get the counters to get back on the board and actually it it fixed itself after i've restarted vassal so that was good but and frightening when you that happened yeah, but it, it was it was a stumper for a while. Yeah, so what people do, I don't know, Jeff, should I be trying to post links to these sites, I guess, or people can find them on their own? But it's V. What is V A S S A L and V A S L difference there, Mike? V A S S A L is the main program that runs individual games. So it's not just ASL. You can make a module for any board game. And many people have, uh, and that will allow you to play in a similar manner to Squad Leader. So VASL is the module for Advanced Squad Leader, which you then download into VASSAL, and then you can run the game. Right. And they don't take up a lot of space on a computer. I was worried about that, and... Mr. Ford assured me it wouldn't matter. 
I chose to put it on the Half Squad's PC instead of my Mac that I use for making uh, actual DVDs of the family home movies still and stuff like that. So it, my Mac gets a lot of, uh, what do you call it, gigs and kilobytes and ketobytes and all that stuff. Yeah, the program really hasn't changed much since its advent, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. It was really sort of developed. Yeah. And, it, you know, its size and its basic functions haven't changed at all in that time. There's been plenty of updates, of course, that have fixed errors and bugs and things. But it's still a, it's a 20-year-old program. It looks like it. It feels like it. But it does exactly what it's intended to do. Yeah is to simulate the feeling of playing a board game while you're together, not together. And then looking at the counters and the maps look exactly like they do in the physical board. Yeah, and I was surprised at how quickly I adapted to it because I remember um, just being very resistant to it because you needing to zoom in and zoom out. Zoom out so you can see all the boards and then zoom into the area that you want to, where you want to actually play. And I thought that would be really cumbersome, but now being forced into playing, um, it actually, I actually get the hang of it pretty quickly. I was kind of surprised. Surprised and yeah, delighted. Yeah, I don't think anybody would suggest that it's better than playing. Well, maybe some would, because of course the big advantage for using Vassal is that hidden units can be hidden and you can still see them on the board. That's probably one of the best features of the whole thing. Yeah. And then, of course, the modifications you can make to the map itself with, you know, snow terrain can turn the boards white or converting any changes that, say, you know, when it when a SSR tells you convert all wooden buildings to stone or wooden buildings to woods, you can make those changes all right in the program. So you get the actual visual representation that, the scenario intends. Yeah, and for our game with Mike, Rizzi, it's, we posted it on Twitter. Um, it was Out of Cowardice, the uh, 112 from the Hungarian game. What What is the name of that Hungarian game? Um, Quiz show. Yeah, right. <laughs> Armies of Oblivion, I think. That's the one. Yes, of course. And... Um, it was supposed to be the plowed fields instead of the grain. So I took actual paint and I painted on my computer screen <laughs> over the grain with the plowed field color, brown, and I forgot that it wouldn't move with the board when you zoom in and out. So then I had to get the paint off. It was just like the dumbest thing I've ever done in a while. I don't know. That's yeah, pretty dumb, Dave, but I've, you've done dumber things than that. <laughs> But you could never bring yourself to do that to your actual map, so. Yeah, <laughs> the computers are easier to come by and cheaper. That's right. <laughs> so unfair. That might be true. <laughs> yeah, you know, there, there, Mike brings up a good point. There are some definite advantages to Vassal. Like, I love the way the line of sight thing works, so, so that you can you can really tell. If it's clipping the edge of a building and then the the, the uh, virtual thread that the, you're using turns from red to black or blue or something. So you can, you know. Yeah, you, you can, can change tell. the colors in the settings. Oh, can you? Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Oh, because red should be blocked. But I think just right. I think it was doing a red line for open. 
Yeah, my default uh, is red for all. Yeah, I think so. The way I've got it set is because it will tell you the differences between hindrances and a total block. So when you string the string, you can have it set so color. So for me, I have green if it's open, then yellow if you're hitting hindrances, and then red when it hits a block. Whoa. Okay, you'll have to walk me through that. Yeah, yeah I got to find that setting. That's great. Yeah, and I think the boards, remember, I couldn't find the boards, and, and Mike was saying you have to download them, but the new Vassal, and I think this is new, Mike. Yes, the new version. It said um, the boards, you don't download. You don't you, download them. That's good. You don't have to pre-download them, which is amazing. It, comes, it downloads it at that time. Yeah. That yeah. you use it so you don't have to go in and say like download a hundred boards or whatever so so you kind of go in and i don't know I, I guess our purpose is not to tell listeners you guys how to play it and yeah. go through that's too technical but in general the vassal you open the vasl you open and then it says start a game or online game or a third option right that's and right. You click the Mike had me click the like just start a game offline or something. Yeah, so that you could set up your defense offline without having to be online. Then you could set up the map, your pieces, and then when you can save the file, and then later when we go online, because the third option you're thinking of is load a saved game too. So when you um, want to return to the right. So yeah, I loaded it, and then you can also copy your counter you right click on these things and then you get a whole list of options make it hidden conceal it flip it break it um and then the bottom is is um clone so you just hit clone a bunch of times instead of dragging the counters repeatedly down which i was doing the first time right um, if you so get the other way to do it is to make a stack of three and then you can clone the, the stack if you you know once you get proficient at clicking out a stack and instead of picking an individual unit picking all three of them in the stack with one click clone the stack you can make three 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 depending on how big you have to go but there are quick ways to do things once you learn all the little tricks and so so then you so I created the game I put up the defense and then I oh I emailed the link to you guys right For well you would Save game. the file. Save the file, and then you can send it to your opponent, and then they can put their attacking forces on and set up the way they need to. And then when you meet online, one of you will load, you know, create the room in the server, and then load the file in. And the other guy will come on and then link, you know, synchronize with you in that room, your own little room. You have to right-click on their name to sync and hit synchronize? Well, if they've already got the map open when you go in, first go in, it should auto-synchronize with them. Typically, but if you met together and then one of you loaded it in and you're already in the room, yeah, synchronizing would be the way to go. Yeah, so then there's a waiting room in there. Is that that's the main room itself? Right. When you the main room, when you first log into the server, you'll be in the waiting room where typically you see a bunch of people waiting for their opponents or just sitting around. In the old days, we would do a lot of chatting in there, right? It's one of the sad things is that I remember in the old days when the community was very active because there wasn't any voice. So when everybody was in the main room, there'd be a lot of chatting going on. Just I do remember that too, yeah. 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 Now it's silent, of course, because everybody's talking to their friend. But, but that was quite a place back in the day. 
so yeah, you'll meet there in the main room, and then you'll create your side room, and then that will be the room where you load your game. The other nice thing you can do is you can join in to other people's games and view. You know, you, some people want to ask permission if they you can come in, but often people just pop in, and you, as long as you don't touch any of the pieces, because the way that you know the system works, it's easy to touch people's pieces. You can drag them around by accident, which happened a lot back then. But it, people seem to be more careful and respectful these days. But uh, you can you can watch people play, which is kind of an interesting spectator sport aspect to it. Yeah, I kind of like that. I suppose if you're yeah. a, a new player and you want to learn either how to use Vassal or how to play ASL, and yeah. somebody is willing to allow you in and maybe even join in on their conversation if they're on Discord or something like that, and you can, so you can join in, ask questions and the like, I suppose. Some people might be open to that. Yeah. I know and, there were a few people who existed in the community who were very active in that. Holding schooling sessions and such. I'm right. Asshole. Yeah. And if you don't want anybody in your room, you can lock the room, right? And whoever, you can lock the room. That's whoever right. creates the room can lock it so that other people can't come wandering in. Right. Yep. Which is what Dave and I did because neither of us were wearing pants. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I guess I should go in and just go join a room? Or a game? How do they know I'm in there? They'll see your name, you know, because you see the two names of the people in the room. And then when you click on it and you enter it, you'll sync with the people in it, and the map will pop up. Then they'll see your name in the room with them. And then they'll yell at you and kick you out. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you came in without any pants, but, you know. <laughs> Eventually they'll get, they'll expect it. There's no way to ask somebody... If you can come in. You actually can. You can right-click on their name if you look in each individual room. Any any person, you can right-click on their name and say private message. Oh, okay. And then oh. you can send a message via the system. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Though whenever I've played a game, I've had routinely people just pop in. I see their name pop up. Obviously, they look at my game for a few seconds and then move on. But uh, yeah, cause it's it, never it, been it, an issue. It is like watching paint dry. Right, right. I think it's I think it's a little slower online. Well, especially since you're not seeing any commentary, all you're seeing is dice roll, right? Because people don't have to type in anymore. As I was suggesting before, how it used to be, you know, at least you could follow along with the game. Now you can't because obviously they're all talking and just clicking dice. So mm. when you watch a game now, you're just watching dice rolls and you don't have any clue where they are on the map. You know what they're doing. But, oh, that's yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you roll, you you can hit all these different buttons for IFT and for to hit, to kill, and so on. So you want to be sure to hit the right button. Yeah, the the only thing that it does, the only reason that exists, is so you can get those stats at the end to show you. Oh, yeah, I really did really well on the IFT, or I did really good in close combats. Because the game system itself, the Vassal system itself, doesn't keep track or use the rules in any way when you click on the IFT button or the close combat button. Those are purely there for you to keep track of what you were rolling the dice for at that second. So you can see those statistics at the end. 
Yeah, and I think it also doesn't it also give you specific things like um, cowering. It will remind you whenever you roll doubles. Oh, it's so it's not just it's by not right. Speed. It's not yeah. It doesn't it doesn't keep track of why you're rolling the dice. It just oh. if you roll a doubles, it'll say cower. You know, remember the cower rule. Remember uh, multiple hits. Check your sand number. It'll show you when you've rolled the number that sand. You know, it'll say allied sand, even though it wasn't an allied roll, so it doesn't make a difference. You know, it just reminds you. Yeah. When it, this might be applicable. It doesn't go so far as to know what stack you're rolling on or what squad you're rolling on so you still no. have to figure out your own results and uh yeah and all yeah that. exactly yeah yes yeah yeah you need your own tables with you and rule book right there are tables though the there the qrdc right, is right there oh so, it is yeah yep there is a button for the qrdc yeah yeah oh. I, I, I did not see a button for the incremental infantry fire table i don't know if anybody uses that anymore that that I wonder if anybody does. I don't see that much around anymore. Fortunately, that debate seems yeah, it was to have faded away a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that did, that did get done. But... Idea in some regards, permanence it. Who does? You know somebody that still uses it, Dave? Or connection? No. I just remember Holmes from saying um, he did not he did not like because he already had the basic one memorized. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Excuse that me. seems correct. Be. Yeah, and it truly is incremental. So you know, I I've tried it way back when it first was in the rule book and didn't seem to do much. Yeah. Um, did we lose? Dave, you still Did there? We... Yeah, I'm no, sorry. Okay. I just took okay. the video off. It said bad connection. I should probably move upstairs. But, um, yeah, so now, again, when you set up the game, there is a click box. That's where you have to actually go in. You put in your ELR, and you put in your sniper numbers, because that's how the system knows then when to notify you. Um, you want to remember to set. We had to set the environmental Conditions right before the game start. I had to reset it, right, Mike? I, I dumped a game and then I right yeah, because you when you create the map is when you make all the permanent changes to the map and set in the date and such to get things like the plowed fields or the orchards in season or out of season because it will physically change the appearance of the map for all those things. So you do that before you go into a setup situation. The other th nice thing, of course, is that you can crop the maps, too, in that when you're doing it at that phase of the setup. So you don't have to have the whole parts of the map you're not using. So you can really cut down the size. Yeah, that more is manageable. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing we haven't run through yet is OBA decks. You know, you can set up your OBA decks in the, in the Vassal system, too. So um, for all your artillery modules, you can have different decks. With the black, you know, number of black and number of red, that can all be set up, and you can yeah. draw right off that. And then Jeff found a way to label the tanks. Well, you can label any counter. 
any you right click on any unit so you can if you'll notice like leader counters don't have the names the traditional names from the counters on them they're all blank they just show the numbers right so you can you can label them on the top and put your own name or whoever's name you want as many times as you want all over the place you can give your tanks fancy names you know like tank killer guy and <laughs> yeah whatever lulu bell <laughs> yes that, that famous tank from uh, humphrey bogart Humphrey Bogart's movie, Sahara. Yeah, Every really, time I try to name my guys, they get shot immediately, so yeah. I don't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, a couple other things I really liked is the um, when you move a counter, it marks it as moved, so it's easier to yes, keep track, because right. I do have a tendency to lose track of who I've moved, and I get myself confused and end up... Um, really making a mess of things. And then there's a, a single button to clear all of those. So anyway, when it's the end right. of the movement phase or whatever phases, you can you can clear that. And I guess after the advanced phase, you would do that. Yeah, there's an all button, and then you it does a drag uh, drop-down screen, and you select, yeah, clear all of, like, fire, defensive fire counters, wipes them all off quickly. So that's definitely more convenient, too. I, I do admit i was really excited to start playing it it was funny i don't you know how often do you really get excited in life you know (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty it's pretty rare for dave well whereas like oh our vacation to greece is coming up are you excited yet and i'm like no not really (laughs) yeah i mean I'm looking forward to it, but I actually got a little giddy, you know, looking at the ASL online and like, ooh, which is still occasionally, that, to be honest, that just happens to me occasionally. I you know, just pick up a scenario card and look at it and just go like, yeah, I, I just love this. <laughs> so Well, there is a there is an aspect of playing online where you see all those people akin to being at a convention, right? Because you're kind of even though you're not in, interacting with them in any way, you feel like you're part of the community because you're sitting in a room with a bunch of other people playing in other rooms, and it's kind of nice, you know. It's just like oh, you know, I'm here with everybody playing a game. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking at this AT counter on this Balkan side show on the back of our Out of Cowardice, you know. It just brings back good memories for me. (laughs) (laughs) It really does. I'm like, oh, yeah, look at the big artillery gun. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) But uh, I guess that's the only thing that's sustained me for so long to keep playing this game fanatically is uh, a deep enjoyment of it and uh, appreciation. Well, of course, again, the system's good. And you get all that when you go online. Uh, you also, because people who are on our Twitter feed, well, one one of our Twitter followers pointed out um, the benefits. You don't have to smell your opponents. That's a benefit. Yep. I I don't mean that you smell, Dave, but <laughs> I have played with others. And you, I guess, you also can just eat sloppy pizza. Very true. There you go. So Rich doesn't have to worry about it getting on his counters or yeah. my counters. You don't yeah. have stacks. You don't have to worry about stacks tumbling over, and you don't have to That's constantly right. be dinking with tweezers and and uh, chopsticks and other things that people use to move counters around. And and uh, that high concentration of counters that often happen in city battles, you you don't have to worry about yes. that. Yes, right. 
I love yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, you have to kind of keep that. You know, there's a little of the clicking issues. So I know Mike loved it. Well, I don't know if you loved it, Mike. <laughs> I don't know how you felt, but um, when I would try to move a stack of conceal guys, and oh I'm, yes, right. Was using the PC the pad, which is a little sensitive, and I found I'd have right. to make sure I go outside of the hex, click on open ground, or we'll click on any unoccupied hex, move it right back to the stack, and then firmly left click it, and make sure it all goes black. It gets surrounded by a black line. Right. Yep. That then allowed me to move them. So there were, what, at least five times, right, Mike? I, I moved a concealed stack and only the one counter moved, showing the concealment under it. And then I just laugh and try to quickly... Well, yeah, that's it's to be expected. It, that is one of the finicky parts of using Vassal. Just getting the used to that, how to click on counters and move the stacks or the individual units. Well, the nice thing is that once you learn that, if you ever use Vassal, the V-A-S-S-A-L program to play other games, the mechanics are the same. It uses the same principles for moving stacks of counters and such. Mm. So. Yeah, and it, and, it, and it does. It works fine, but um, that was one of the things. And then I think, too, when you stack your concealed stacks together, you have to remember to take the concealment off. It was right, funny. Right. With Jeff, it was funny with you because I, I saw this big stack. And I'm like, oh, wow, when, when is that group going to move? And then Jeff moved one guy. And I'm like, wait, what else is in there? And I click on it. And it's like two empty concealment counters below him. And Yeah, I don't know how I did that. You want to delete those, Jeff? You're making me think you have more men on the board than you have. <laughs> yeah. But the one thing that felt the same was when you were dicing me, right? You roll the dice in real life or virtually, oh. and they're hot dice, so... Yeah, it, it, it had that same magical feeling. Yes, yes, it was magical. Killed that one uh, armored vehicle with the light machine gun. Yeah, yep, that was, yes. Now, there's nothing to keep you from, uh, if you're playing the Americans and your opponent is playing the Germans, for instance, there's nothing to keep me from tapping on his stack of Germans to see what's in there, is there? Correct, unless it's concealed, right, Mike? Yeah, if it's concealed, it, the way you set it up with the, you know, when you first go in and you put your name in and then you have to put a password, that actually locks the two sides if it's set up properly so that oh. you can't look under his concealed guys. For, during setup, but then when you're no, playing No, the game I mean, together. once you set up the system, not, I don't mean the scenario, I mean, when you first logged in and loaded Vassal in, yeah. it asked you to put your name and your, you know, a password for the program. And from then on, when you pick sides, you know, each of you has your individual side. I mean, any opponent you go against. So that way they can't look under your concealment counters. Oh. If you, if you, if you click on that stack and expand it so you see everything in a stack, and if there's a concealment counter on top, they're all going to look like concealment counters underneath. Okay, Dave, we didn't do that. No, I, I think I could not click on your concealed counters. Oh, wait, I would never have tried. Well, I, try, <laughs> I tried on yours. Oh, and by, you did open it up? By accident, and it did open up. Okay. It, okay. it depends on how you put the concealment counters on. I think sometimes if you right-click and conceal it, it should conceal everything underneath. There's a little trick to that, too. But Okay, so that's a little nuance we need to work yeah, on. Yeah. I think that yeah, might go. Yeah. Because yeah. when, when Mike and I played, definitely we, I'm real sure we could not. Although, I guess, why would I try to click on your <laughs> concealment counters? <laughs> um, but it was nice to be able to, yeah, I could, ex and I could expand it 
and it was only expanded on my screen, correct? Right, exactly. Yes. Yeah, because then I'm thinking, oh, this is all cluttery, and why? And oh, because I expanded these stacks and didn't close them again. Hmm. <laughs> so Mike was looking at a clean board, and yeah, yeah, I don't see when you do any of that. Yeah, so that your hip guys show up uh, transparent. Right, that's the same idea. When you each have your own identity, you don't see, you know, I don't see where you've hipped guys at all. You know, you see the transparency, you know where you put your hipped guys, but I don't see any of that as your opponent. I do so, like that, too, because yeah. when I set up stuff hip on the board, a lot of times I will forget where they were. And right. uh, so I don't expose them when they're when they come in line of sight or I'll forget which way they were turned or some. Some darn thing. So that's an advantage of playing of the vessel. Like yeah, and that. that's especially true for, of course, those um, Japanese defensive setups. Oh, yeah, right. Remember Tarawa and when we had all the pillboxes and tunnels and all, man, I forget so often a guy would go right by my hidden Japanese in the kunai and, oh, oops. So that would be great, especially then. Um, but, yeah, I had a gun. I already put that out on Twitter, too, with Jeff's our game. I had that gun on the left flank, unsupported, which is really stupid. And Jeff's tank just pulls right up next to the wall and sits there for a, a minute. And I'm like, oh, don't shoot yet. And, of course, then he comes around the side, side shot, miss, turns his tank, overruns me. Yeah. <clears throat> but it was fun just looking at that little transparent gun, knowing you couldn't see it hiding there. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I often recommend is that go ahead and look. You know, there's the place where you pull counters from. It's like the utility tray where you pull all the counters for all the sides. But there's a ton of other nice counters in there that are just utility counters that you can – that combined with labeling allow you to just do anything you want to in terms of whatever you need. Uh, sidebars or, you know, turn tracks or uh, if you prefer places to put casualties, you can label them on the side of the board where you put things or, oh. you know, hidden units or if you have nighttime units, there's, you know, you can use anything to basically set up, up any information that you feel is relevant or that. So there's a ton of stuff in there. Just I take the time to go through each tab and look at all the different counters and all the sub menus of all the counters. Mm. Because there's everything in there, and the whole system is in there, plus a whole lot more. So, very useful. Yeah, The also, in those boxes, I found, remember, Mike, I texted you, like, I can't find a tank. Right. Because you have to slide the vertical bar to the left. Right, that's one of the foibles of the system, is that the menus oftentimes get covered up because it truncates the screen to fit your screen, so... You know, when you open up those boxes, oftentimes they're too small. So you've got to slide the – be sure you slide the menus over so you can see all the available options. Yeah, that was tricky. I think I managed to figure that out right before you replied to my message. Right. But, um, but yeah, I think I, I can imagine people not finding any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a common first experience. What is the uh, going back to line of sight? There's a there's a button for engaging the the uh, line of sight action, so you can draw the thread. Then there's one next to it called the silent line of sight. Right. What does that do? 
so say you want it it so when you draw a line of sight both sides see that you're drawing it right you've declared yeah. a shot so you know both sides have to know you're doing it but oftentimes say when you're doing a concealed unit or you're trying to strip concealment from a unit that you can take without revealing to your opponent that you know that you can do it you can declare I'm taking a concealment loss check which doesn't get penalized so you can do it oh. silently, so you don't necessarily. So he doesn't necessarily know where you're drawing it from. Okay. Okay. I suppose there would be ways to abuse that, but I've never known anybody to do that. Yeah, yeah I would what, think you could I, use that, since if if I'm using that and I'm the only one that could see it, I could be drawing lines of sight all over the place during the game, which I know you're not supposed to do. Yeah. I remember when I drew. Many early, many shows ago, I'm sure I mentioned this, with my finger across the board to look. <laughs> and my friend Jim, who's a very cool guy, he was just like, Hey, you can't do that. I'm like, Do what? He goes, Check line of sight. I said, That's not checking line of sight. That's just drawing your finger along the board. <laughs> my finger's wiggling as much as anything. I said, I'm sorry that you see that as cheating, but. Yeah, he felt that was helping me check it. Uh, so, okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think I would rule for in your favor on that one, Dave. The uh, I never have mastered that geometry either. The geometry of ASL, how you oh, can right. Damn, it was stupid to do that. But, yeah. Um, so you also have, um, what are we missing here about the system? I think we... Oh, uh, you can oh you can move the counters up and down within the stack. Right click, and then hit the arrow buttons on your screen. And Jeff told me there's a camera on Vassal. Yes, there's a screenshot. Yeah, so you can take pictures of. Yeah. Of your board. Yeah, so I tweeted out pictures I took with my camera of the screen. And then uh, did the screenshot and then tweeted that out later, too. It shows people on the sides and things, too, better. But Let's see. I was just going to look and see what charts they include besides the QRDC, and I can't remember where to get the charts uh, at all. Well, it's simple to look there. at. Yeah, I guess I should open mine up now. Just listen to you guys. Is there? So there yeah, go ahead. It's not on. It's not on the map. You know, there you have a whole bunch of options at the top of the screen when you have the map open. Yeah. But then there's also the main. You know, the chat room box where right. you, when you see the dice roll, it's on that bar. Okay. There's a button, and it looks like a little graph, like a chart. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Yeah, why don't well, Jeff, you and I had different looking top bars too, didn't we? At one point, oh, it just depended how you loaded it, the informational clicking counter things at the top, right? I had my. There's two ways you two ways you can run the Vassal interface. One puts everything into one window, and one breaks the different components into separate windows, so you can drag them around separately. So. Right. That's my vassal window, my counters window, my map window um, are, are all separate, and you can have other windows too. And I'm still looking for it. So, so do you see the button that says OBA along the top? You'll see OBA info. Uh, yeah, info. Yeah, info. And then, and then you see like the rainy cloud. 
no. So you see, I'm so on the window. That, I'm on the window called Vassal Counters. No, no, you want to be on Vassal Controls, the main where you see the dice rolling when you do dice rolling. Okay, got it. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay, thank you. There yeah. it is. Yes. Yeah. Info. Yeah. So you'll see OBA info, right. sunrise, uh, grainy cloud, and then you'll see there's one that looks like a graph. It should be the next one yeah. over. Yeah. Okay. The QR. Yeah. There's your charts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and there is an incremental infantry fire table included on this. Oh, yep, there it is. It, yep, I forgot about so that. So you can do that. Um, you know what this is lacking, though? Spilky tables. True. I wonder if we could hire somebody to add that. And, um, Mike, do you know, is this, this is something that, People can contribute to, isn't that right? Isn't this kind of an? I open believe so. Yes, kind of it's thing? an open source. Yep, they do take donations. I believe. Yeah. Yes. You know who else takes donations? Who? The two half squads. <laughs> Please become a patron sponsor of the two half squads. In these hard economic times, our donations are lower, and now that we're using Skype online all the time, we have to pay more money. So please become a Patreon sponsor. And now back to our show. Oh, who else is the half squad is brought to you by Jeff? We have a couple. Uh, we have several really nice sponsors. We've got uh, Bounding Fire Productions, is one of our favorites, makers of great, great ASL modules, products of all kinds. You can go to boundingfire.com. It is boundingfire.com, right? Not boundingfireproductions. It's boundingfire.com, or you could just do a web search on Bounding Fire Productions. Go and it is uh, on slot to Orsha coming up in a show very soon that yeah. we will be bringing to you. Hot to dang, looking do. forward to that. Another sponsor we have is Ritter Krieg. You can go to ritterkrieg.com. Derek Ritter, great guy. You can uh, listen to our interview with him just a couple of shows ago. We really enjoyed having him on. His website is excellent, offers a variety of products, including Bounding Fire, but also including. Uh, LFT products and uh, some other stuff. He's always got something good going on there. He's got an interesting blog and he posts and he posts pictures and uh, great site. And he's got free shipping in the United States, in the 48 states. Can't beat that with a stick. Yeah. So order a lot of stuff from him as quickly as you can. And then one of our other sponsors is Broken Ground Design. Our good friends up in Canada who are turning out some excellent counters that we are not going to get to use that much if we're going to be playing Vassal, but still, you should go to Broken Ground Design, look at all the great stuff. Yeah, I told Mike um, that I had been working on putting the counters, the Broken Ground Design counters that, that we, I am, Jeff is so graciously allowing me to, to keep that we have here. Uh, are in new trays, and I was all excited to have. I have the Romanians, which is something you don't get anywhere else but Broken Ground Design, and the Hungarians, and they have the set of counters where the morale is different when they face other opponents. And I, and and Mike and I are playing the, as we said, the um, Armies of Oblivion pack from MMP, who's not an official sponsor of our show. Shame on you, MMP. Yeah, really, MMP. Shame. But the um, looking forward to playing these counters. So when Mike and I set this out of cowardice up, I was 
kind of like, darn, Mike, I'm not going to get to use my <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Hungarian encounters. It was disappointing. So I'm, I'm thinking of Mike with you, maybe saving some of these. MLB yeah, right. Games. Oh, that was great. You and I should switch over to a bounding fire, pick up something over there. Yes. Um, I still have some Into the Rubbles I'd like to finish before jumping into, uh, I don't know, the Corregidor or oh, someone yeah. right. from that. Or Onslaught 2. Or even Poland in Flames. I have all the counters from Bounding Fire for those, too. Oh, yeah. That would be good. They're all cool. I haven't been able to use my poles either yet. So lots to do. So, But yes. anyway. Dave, I've got yep. this cover from the Corregidor pack. Do you see it on my camera? I do see it. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I don't have the Corregidor pack. Do you have that pack? Oh, I think I do. Okay. I'm going to hold this for you. I'll keep it with the Broken Ground uh, Japanese counters. I wonder if we were going to do a box art sign on it. Oh, that is possible, yeah. I know. I haven't been keeping up my list, so. Yeah, okay. We also, speaking of uh, then Broken Ground signs, we have the British, don't we now? We had a giveaway contest. Oh, that's right. It's overdue. Corona's thrown us off a bit. Um, so we should announce a winner, shouldn't we? We should. We have 20 entrants. 21. 21. I pulled them up here, and we have special guest Mike Rizzi. Yes. Do you have a 20-sided die, Mike? Or how did you I, find have my, you I have my 21-sided die. <laughs> Do really right? It's, it's a it's a generator. Uh, yes, random number generator. So that'll work, huh? Yes, sir. One <laughs> to twenty-one. Trust the technology. Yes. Are um, we ready? Do we I have a drum roll Jeff, or some ready? such? Oh, a drum roll. That would be good. Can you hear that? Yep. Go. Here we go. Eighteen. Oh. Easy to count. From the bottom up. Lucky 18. A a foreign country. Please don't be a person in a foreign country. No, no offense, foreign country people. <laughs> Just the shipping, the shipping costs. But usually you help us out on that. All right, 21 from the bottom up was Matt Peterson. Sorry, and then Nasselder. Sorry, you were 20. Did you say 19, Mike? 18. 19 was uh, JJFC. This is, I don't know why your name, I have to open the email, which I won't do. 18 is Hugh O'Donnell. Hugh O'Donnell. Oh, well no. done. He's an Irishman. He's, He's an Irishman. Oh, no. That's oh, no. okay. Let's open it up and see. It's Hugh close. O'Donnell. Oh, also, please check out my own coin series development work. I forgot about this. C-O-I-N. Oh, he's multi-coin games. It is a player's aid, a look at the multi-faction treatment of the Northern Ireland conflict by Hugh O'Donnell. They don't know he is Irish. (laughs) I was only joking about that. No, maybe he lives in America. I wonder, I wonder if shipping overseas is cheap now since the planes are flying 90% empty. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Would be. Um, but anyway, Hugh, I will email you so you will probably know you won before this is even hits the air. Congratulations, but Hugh. We won't email the rest of you because we want you all to listen to see if you've won and then be disappointed. Mwah, mwah. 
But try again. We're, we encourage you to try again. We've got lots of contests coming up. We have lots of stuff to give away here. We, we're going to need to start cranking out more shows, Dave. We have so much it's stuff to true. give away. It is true indeed. And what does Mike Rizzi get today for uh, joining us on the show? Uh, Mike Rizzi... We put him up in a hotel. ...gets to enjoy our company at this very moment. <laughs> well, yes. I, I can give him this tube of yellow paint. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I can't give you a Coke Zero cherry, though. No. It's too, it's too precious. Well, your you know your larder is legendary for all the variety of drinks you always offer us. Um, you should see how depleted it is right I'm now. I'm sure, yes. <laughs> I'm scheduled Wednesday to do a Mariano's pickup for groceries. Okay. You gotta schedule this stuff out in advance. I realize I'm just gonna immediately then place another order just to get scheduled again for another week or a week and a half. Is that how long it takes? A week? A full week now, and Jewel was two weeks to do a pickup. Really? And these shipped I was doing with Target who worked well for the first two weeks or three weeks I had two deliveries made by some lovely people who did my shopping and I tipped them a 20 each I don't know if I'm bragging I'm trying to encourage everyone to tip the people who are all helping us survive and maybe that's a cheap tip I thought it was a good one I but, think that's a good tip um, are you giving them uh, um are you uh, disinfecting your cash before you give it yeah. out? Honestly, yes. Did yeah, you know that's that? good. Did they, that's good. Did I tell you that? You should. No, you didn't, but I think you should. I think that's great. Yeah. And I set it under the Lysol can to yeah. kind of – the one gal kind of giggled. thought I was being extreme, but that was like early. But now I can't place a shipped order through Target because if you're listening out there, Target or shipped, it just keeps saying we're already booked out for two days and, we, and they don't – allow you to go further huh. so then it's like russian roulette you just keep clicking every four hours hoping to get a slot open and there are none i haven't wow. been able to get it a week and a half i may cancel the ship thing if i mean what's the point of paying a hundred dollars a year if they're not able to fulfill it in the most of time i need it but so the pickup at mariano's they come out to your vehicle so i had the van hadn't been driven in three weeks and i got over to Mariano's and listened to the podcast on the radio and the engine died within 15, 20 minutes. The batteries. Really? The yeah, engine yep. died while it was run. Oh, you had it turned off and you were just listening to the radio. The battery. Yeah. Uh -huh. I had no concept that a modern vehicle, this could even happen on anymore. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, Laura had to, and ironically, I, I've had cables in every vehicle in that garage. There've been up to three of hours. Time. Every, always for tw for thirty years, and guess what? You okay. didn't. Yep, the van. I think we gave them to Megan, and then I bought a new car. And I think Adam Adam took the old car, and I left him with Adam. We sold it to him, <laughs> and I said, "Oh, good. Now I get to go buy new cables for myself for both vehicles." And then totally forgot they were without. Laura got some from Art down the street. Art Casper, thank you very much. Ding, ding, ding. And there you go. Well, back to our topic, or is this a show, Jeff? What time are we looking at? Uh, we've got about 55 minutes in this. That's a show. Um, any more thoughts on Vassal, everybody? 
Let's see. You know, the one thing that I'm looking forward to is if we could get Google involved in this project and that it would allow a street view. Um, so instead of <laughs> instead of just the overhead view, I think a street view would be awesome. You know, you could do it now with the historical boards. Probably could. Nice. Yeah. Some of those buildings, if it wasn't too bombed out, right? Yeah. Possible. Like the hungry. The, it's uh, places. Yeah. That was fascinating with Korea, remember? Um, oh, yeah, that was great. Chris, yeah. Chris Walters brought up photos on his camera while we were looking at the board, <clears throat> the historical board. Yeah. Of yeah, that Is was that, really cool. That's the Frank Latour, the Frank Tour, right? right. The, the yeah, that's the soul. Yeah. Yeah. They need to sponsor us too. Shame on you, LFT. <laughs> well, I will say that people can drop in and see me on Vassal almost any day now with the availability of time. Uh, me and my friend, John, who we've been playing ASL for 30 years nearly, uh, we're running through all of the Crucible of Steel scenarios in order. Oh, excellent. Uh, and we're using a modified uh, campaign system that was used in the Long March scenario pack from Heat of Battle, which was very simply just a, uh, a win-loss record. But if you take too many casualties on either side, uh, it modifies the amount of points you earn in a win. So, you know, maybe you win the scenario, but you've only got one guy left at the end. You won't make as many points when you win that scenario. So we've been utilizing that as our kind of overarching thing to give it some context through all the scenarios instead of just playing them in order. It actually is going to matter. At the end, we'll have an overall victor after playing through all 32 or however many scenarios there are. So we've been plugging away at that now for a couple of weeks, and uh, we're getting along pretty good. That's cool. Excellent. You'll still have time for us to get a second game in? Oh, of course. Yep. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking next week i got to get that bathroom painted now. <laughs> And finish. Remember that trust I started? Yes, I recall. I haven't finished it because there's a stupid transferring your title online and it's freaking me out. Yes. I'm afraid I'm going to give the house away to the wrong people or something. That would be good. So, anyway, I still got a little loose ends on that and maybe start that bedroom up. So, anything else about Vassal, Mike? Uh, no, that's about it. Just it's a great utility and glad we have it these days. Yeah, especially for sure now, yeah. But I would say it does not replace face-to-face -face gaming. No, it's still the best place. If you can meet with humans, so Jeff, don't be telling me, uh, oh, I'm so used now to being at home. Don't come over to record, Dave. We'll just keep choosing Skype. I do not want you to say that. No, I don't think I'll ever say that. But, you know, one thing I like about Vassal, or the idea of Vassal, even though I'm just now getting started, in, is you could you could conceivably just jump in with somebody and play for half an hour. Easy to do here and there. Uh, much yeah, harder right. to do if you're driving over to somebody's house and you know, that, that, then you got to have right. yes. time for it. So yep. the time investment, right. So yeah. Jeff, I'll try to get you in this week to yeah. finish our castle game later on. I was just telling Mike, I have to paint that bedroom, the bathroom and all that, but, but I'll try and get us in and then back to Mike next week with it. And very good. Excellente. Excellent. So anyway, everybody. Thanks for thank joining us, Mike. Please, thanks for having me. Please come again. Oh, I'll be here. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and everybody will be there. To roll low. And wash your hands. 
and really well. Yeah. But but now we're playing, playing us. us and no sneezing. Bye everybody. All right, bye everybody. Bye.